A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. It's 2018. It's time for a new episode of Biscuits Colon, a hockey podcast. The only hockey podcast that gives you the guarantee that its participants will not boycott in order to make a point about something that should not have to be a point. Because why would we punish you, the faithful readers of this podcast, over our stupid shit? I'm Dave Lozo. I'm of Vice Sports. I'm of The Athletics sometimes. Deadspin once before the season, but I haven't thought of anything good to pitch to them since then because they're they're pretty good at what they do. And uh, I'm here in Brooklyn, and you know my buddy. Where's my buddy? Hey, everybody. Hi, Sean McAdoo from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, uh, of uh, Vice Sports, Sportsnet, other places. And Happy New Year, Dave. And happy New Year to you, Sean. I, I hope you weren't hungover. I hope, uh, I hope your, I hope your child had a wonderful birthday yesterday. I know we we, we pushed this back a day so you could celebrate a, a great moment in your child's life for some reason instead of doing the podcast. But that's that's fine, I guess. Whatever. It it was yesterday, January second <sighs> was the the birthday of the most important moment of my life, which was the Doug Gilmore trade when he went from the Calgary <laughs> Flames to the Maple Leafs. It was also one of my kids' birthdays, so yeah. there was that. Yeah. There was that too. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, January second. What What do you do in your house when 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 the Winter Classic falls on January second? Because January first is an NFL Sunday. Do you, Do you push the kids' birthday back to January third? You just say, like, like, look, hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. That that Priorities. happened once, and I don't remember what game it was. So clearly, uh, clearly, it made quite an impression. But that's that's kind of the way it goes for the winter cloud. Like, did you did you watch? Were you yeah, glued to your television? Um, I was definitely glued to my bed, and my TV was there. And so, like, like the thing about the winter classic, part of it is me because I'm stupid. Is it's like, oh, it's one o'clock, and I see people tweeting about the winter classic. I'm like, let's throw on the winter classic, and then I throw it on, and there's like some dude giving a weather report, and then I'm like, all right, I'll come back to it come back again there's like jeremy roenick in the middle of a sketch that i'm never gonna watch nbc don't i mean i don't care he's he's doing a thing i'm like I, i'll come back i come back again and they're lining up for the national anthem i'm like oh jesus it's like 125 at this point and i'm already now invested in, in like a, a college football game or something or whatever yeah. but i watched it i watched the i saw the first two ranger goals 
I did not see the Sabres goals because I was I was watching I was watching a college football game because I wanted to see a internet friend Ryan Nanny dressed up as the Bloomin' Onion in the Outback Bowl because that was funny. Sure. And then yeah. I came back I came back for the overtime and I saw the goal and saw the three on three and uh, there were some shadows when I was watching that were also kind of super annoying. Yeah. I don't know if that was a bother thing bothersome thing for you, but uh, I don't know what the ratings were yet. But I, I feel no. like it wasn't good. But I don't know. And it was like it was a good. It was a good game. Yeah. Like that was a that was a reasonably good game, both in terms of being, you know, close game went into overtime and, and the play was was reasonably good. Like it, you weren't constantly feeling reminded that you were watching an outdoor game on bad ice and bad conditions. Like it, it felt like a real game. I, I'll give you credit. You said you saw the, the first two Rangers goals. I didn't. <laughs> I was watching. I had the game on. <laughs> I just saw some people skate into uh, into darkness, and then I was informed that the puck had gone yeah, in. Yeah, me too. But I like that was the second goal. I didn't know. I didn't know bad. what happened on the second goal because like it was yeah. that little bank pass play, and like Robin Leonard was kind of just sitting there. And I'm, at first, I was like, "What is this idiot doing? Why is he not reacting to anything?" And then I saw the replay. I was like, "Oh, yeah. oh, okay." Yeah, it, it was, was like, it, it was really bad, and like it was it was the same here because we up here we just get the NBC. Oh, uh, simulcast so Sorry. like and, and maybe it wasn't that bad there like the the human eye adjusts to lighting a lot better than tv cameras do if you've ever had to to operate a tv camera outside you know what kind of a nightmare that can be so i i i don't doubt that they did the best possible job that they could but that was brutal for the first like 10 minutes yeah. of the first period mm-hmm. it was fine after that but i don't get like how does that happen how do you I, yeah if I, I get that if you're doing an, uh, an outdoor game you're kind of at the mercy of the weather you, you really can't predict that you're kind of at the mercy of of the wind which you can't you can't really predict but the the sun kind of comes up in the same always, place i feel sun's, like sun's always where it is you know the sun's always gonna be there and, and the weird thing was like it was like the game started at 1 30 and it was unwatchable yeah like we've seen them delay the games before because of of weather that's just part of the winter classics sometimes you tune in and they're like yeah we're not gonna go for another hour it, it why wouldn't say you, you would have thought when they had the rink set up like someone on friday or saturday would have been like you know what this is not no. gonna work no, no you wouldn't no you wouldn't nobody nobody no. would have thought of that no one no one actually the, i would have thought the, the tv guys would have thought of it i'm not saying that the nhl would have but you would have thought someone would have looked through a camera and been like this is not gonna work and i wonder like you said i haven't seen the ratings either but i like like i gotta wonder if that had an impact because the winter classic is one of these events where you need the casual fans like just diehard nhl fans tuning in to see the sabers play the rangers isn't gonna pop a big number for you that that's that's gonna make headlines anywhere you need the average sports fan who's flipping around the channels and sees that there's a hockey game outside and and thinks that looks cool and and sits down and watches it even though they might not normally watch and like that that first 10 minutes it i i have a hard time picturing some casual fan sitting through that going yeah i want to spend the rest of my afternoon squinting at the tv not knowing where the puck is so i you know i'm if if the numbers come in and they're significantly down 
that's that's kind of maybe the first place I would I would point a finger. I guess we'll see. I wonder if there was like a if there was ever like a safety issue because if you're playing baseball and the puck or the ball is coming out of the shadow of the pitcher's hand or into the light or out of the light and into the shadow, it's kind of hard to track it. So if you're yeah. if you're if you're in the crease and it's all dark and the shots coming from your left and you can't I don't I, know. I mean the goals I weren't wonder, the goals I weren't mean, about that, but I just wonder if no, that was and a thing. You you think I mean they're usually pretty good about about safety, at least the last few years and you know, they they'll delay for glare and that sort of thing. And the weird thing is like I, I tweeted something about it, like, yeah, this is hard to watch and I was getting replies from people who are at the game who are like, Oh, it's not that bad and it's like, Well yeah, but you're at the game. It's <laughs> it's different for you. Like your your eyes can tell the difference between a shadow and white ice, like pretty easily. And whereas a camera gets gets all messed up, you know, anyone who's ever had to fight with a white balance knows the uh it, that's that that can be a mess. So, uh, yeah, I just I don't understand why they didn't just go like, hey, we're gonna start at two instead. And would have made sense. It seems it like sense. it was, seems like that because it was like there's always gonna be shadows, but it was it was a lot better. And I don't know, I, I don't know what the weather was. It maybe it, they didn't have any sunny days like the week before. But you would think somebody somewhere would have taken a look and I don't know figured that out. What about the, did you watch the, the USA-Canada World Junior game? Because I didn't watch it. I did. Because, because I don't care. But then the U.S. won, and then they beat Russia and last night. And now you night. care, yeah. Like, oh, man, I've, I've been a huge USA, all USA <laughs> international events. Are, are, you know how I live and die for that, Sean. And I, I, I cared deeply when it was 3-1, to one, and then, like, the last <laughs> few minutes, I, I stopped caring. No, that, see, that was the other end of the spectrum, because that was one where, like, the, the game itself, it was a much better game, much more important, much more meaningful, but... That was kind of the the game where you're watching it and, you know, it was snowing and the ice was seemed really bad. And you're kind of sitting there going, like, should I be enjoying this or should I just want this to be over before somebody gets hurt or, uh, you know, or, or something ridiculous happens? And uh, I, it was kind of, yeah, I mean, it was it, was, it had a great finish and it, it sort of paid off. But there was a point like mid-second period where you're kind of like, maybe they shouldn't be doing this. And I feel like that's coming up more and more. And like, as the novelty wears off on these outdoor games, I feel like more and more fans are kind of questioning whether we should be, we should be doing these things quite as often because like at some point, some, like someone's going to get hurt because of the outdoor elements, not just like a Sidney Crosby thing that could have happened in any game, but uh, is, you know, something will, something will go wrong somewhere and, and then we'll all act like we thought this was a bad idea all along, even though most of us are uh, still still into the idea. Yeah, there was that one penalty. There was one play where I don't even know what it resulted in. I think it resulted in a penalty. It might have led to a power play goal. But there was a kid on the U.S. Let's call him Kale. And there was a kid on Canada. <laughs> let's call him Kale with an I instead of an L.E. And yeah. Kale hit Kale from behind, and Kale clearly knew Kale was coming from behind, yes, and kind of threw himself into the boards. And that right. happens in the NHL too, for sure. But like, if you're like, if you're here's the thing: if you're 18 or 19, you're 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 stupid. You shouldn't do stupid things. Like, you're gonna do stupid things away from hockey. You're gonna like, you know, try and try and chug a bottle of Fireball or something, and you're gonna throw up, and it's gonna be all red and spicy. Like, that's part of being like growing up. <laughs> <laughs> but you should not propel your head and neck into the boards in order to draw a penalty in a stupid yeah. hockey game that doesn't matter for the rest of your life. And, I mean, that probably would not have been considered a weather element injury type situation, but 
mm-hmm. yeah, that can't like doing that in that situation where they're like because like, he sees the guy coming but like what if the guy coming like loses his edge and hits him in a way he's not expecting and you propel yeah. yourself into the boards that's dangerous man that's dangerous yeah it's it's dangerous and i mean let's let's call it what it was that was the united states cheating smart hockey to beat good canada hockey. good good smart american hockey I the love only it. way they could do it i mean i i get it i mean the the <laughs> The crooked referee. I don't know how you guys pulled that off. The all the the, the millions in plastic surgery that you <laughs> must have invested to get the referee's evil twin into the game. But that's that's fine. We're not. You know, we don't we don't get hung up on that. We don't even really care about the tournament that much up here. So, um, but yeah, like it's it, it could be a play like that. It could you know like the boards are different. The glass is different. It could just be somebody. You know, you, you're you're trying to play the puck and the puck slows down in the snow and you go to reach back for it and catch a rut and you know that then you know there there goes your knee like you you do something like that and the day that happens there's going to be all this this outcry and and like i felt that maybe i just it's quite possible i just follow a lot more complainers on twitter than you know like a disproportionate number of people who find the the negative in any in everything not that not that i identify with that at all you're welcome but like it, it seemed on Friday, there's a lot of people who were like, hey, "Why should we? Are we really doing this?" And then the Monday, like the the classic, felt like it was starting down that same path with when it was so hard to watch, and then it got better. Like towards the end, that I, I think that game will be remembered as a uh, as a success. But uh, yeah, it was sort of it was dicey there for a bit. Yeah, the only, the only thing that's going to be caught in a rut now is is the U.S. Uh, or the can the Canadian junior hockey teams success they're 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 the ones that are caught in a rut because they're not as good as america (laughs) i love it we beat up we beat up switzerland (laughs) last night and did you see that by the way the uh oh yeah the the only highlight worth watching from that game was the uh the 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 goaltender oh i think you meant oh i think you meant the coach there was the coach yeah there was that before the game where this the swiss coach was basically like yeah we're gonna we're gonna lose he was was, (laughs) so great he he was he's a very honest man, but no. The other thing that happened is the Canadian goaltender, I guess, has this superstition that he's got to be the last one off the ice at the end of the period. Like you see that in warmups, but I oh think really? He, I didn't know that. He was like at the end of the period, which is which is kind of a strange thing. So Switzerland sent its backup goalie to just stand on the ice <laughs> and like and made him wait for like four. And it's like, dude, it's the intermittent like. This isn't, uh, this isn't, like, it's fun when, like, P.K. Subban and Tyler Sagan get in an argument in warm-up over it, but it's like, your coach might be, have something to say, like, you know, get in there and, uh, you know, maybe get an orange slice and get ready to come back out instead <laughs> of, like, having this battle of wills with this goalie who's uh, not, well, he was the backup goalie at the time, he ended up having to come in because Canada was, was stomping them, but, uh, yeah, I, to me, that's... That 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 was my favorite screw with the superstition moment since the the Flyers sent like goons out to stop Claude Mew from <laughs> shooting the puck into into an open net. I just love the idea of like this grown ass man, this like forty five year old man who's like this eighteen year old kid. I gotta I gotta mess with his head. That's what I'm yeah. gonna do. How am I gonna do it? I, I, I'm gonna I I'm gonna know. keep my How back out happen? there. Like, oh, oh, would yeah. it be better if? It, is it better if the coach did it, or is it better if like the backup just on his own was like, "No, screw this." I'm, and they're in the dressing room, like, "Where's Sven?" I don't know. I don't know any. I was gonna go with Sven too. Swiss yeah, that was names. sure. Yeah, Sven, Sven Goranson. And sure. now I'm gonna get I'm gonna get emails from like somebody in 
Switzerland, <laughs> who's like, we, we have no Svens here, and that's a very... <laughs> but, yeah, it's... It's yeah. I don't. I don't know. I can't. Uh, I can't decide which uh, which one I like better. But uh, yeah, it was it was a fantastic moment and the highlight of the tournament. I wouldn't have traded anything that that U.S. victory over Canada. I wouldn't have traded anything for it. But but you know who I'm not. I'm not Mark Bergevin, who who would trade anything for anything because he's just desperately trying to cling to his job and. I, like so, so here's the thing. Like, like basically, almost every week, Sean sends me an email because I'm lazy and I forget. He's like, "Hey, what do you want? What do you want to talk about on the podcast this week?" And he lists a couple things. And like every week, there's always one where I feel like he's putting it in there to see if I'm paying attention. And this week's was the Canadians are trying to trade Max Pacioretty, and I'm like, "All right, Sean's funny. He does the funny stuff on the internet. He's probably just doing a bit about Martin." And I Google Max Pacioretty, and it's just trying to trade Max Pacioretty now like why like like if 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 Mark Bergevin was your buddy at the casino and he was down this much money and he was like I got a plan to get it all back what are you gonna do I'm gonna sell my car you would say look Mark no no we're gonna go up to the hotel room we're gonna just crack open a bottle of whiskey and just drink it off and then yeah. go home the next day and there's no one there for him because now he's gonna trade Mark or Max Pacioretty for for what Nick Benino I, I just can't That's, believe this I, game Two two things here. First of all, your your segue game is on point. Oh yeah, feeling it today. New Year. That is feeling it. that is that is strong. Second, it's yeah, like Mark Bergevin with the trades. He, he kind of remember that scene in The Simpsons where Homer gets stuck in the tar pit. That's every episode, like, isn't it? No, I don't know. well, it might be. But there's one scene and like his he's stuck with his legs and he's like, that's okay. I'll just reach in with my arms and pull out my legs. And then he does that and then he's like, okay, now I'll pull my arms out with my face. And he just dunks his like that's Mark Bergevin trading he's like all right i'm gonna trade pk Subban. okay all right now my team can't score anymore so i'll trade my best prospect for jonathan duran and okay now we still can't score so now i'll trade my best goal scorer or you know at least over the last few years like my favorite part of this is the rumor as it was reported was that the canadians were looking to trade max or or, or were open to trading max patch and in return they wanted a goal scorer who I know. was younger. That makes no sense. Why would a team ever do that? With so, like, oh. like, who is lining up <laughs> to be like, all right, you have a goal scorer who's not scoring. I will give you a goal scorer who is scoring and is also younger. And cheaper, in theory. And pre- well, I mean, that, Max yeah. Pacioretty's got one of the best contracts in the league. But yeah, I, Still, I guess like... right. Yeah, just, like I'm sure Vancouver's calling up like, would would Brock Besser do it or do we need to throw something else in? Because we really want a 29-year-old having one of the worst seasons of his career. And the, and the thing is, and, and Elliot Friedman made this point on, on Hockey Night Canada, that he had talked to some people who feel like, like Max Pacioretty is just done with Montreal and being the captain and just the pressure of it all. Because he keeps, like, every time he's on TV being interviewed in scrums like it, it it just always has this weird vibe to him like it, it feels very much like you're kind of watching a hostage video and he's blinking a message <laughs> to you to get him out of there trade me to Nashville and, yeah and like there's this feeling that because of that maybe you trade Max Pacioretty and he goes somewhere else and he's just right back to being a 30 goal scorer if not if not better than that and and that the Canadians are sitting there going oh how did we how do we let this guy go? Because he doesn't have to worry about anything other than just playing. Hmm. But yeah, like I can't figure out how you win. You don't this like you're you're absolutely trading 
an asset at rock bottom value. Max Pacioretty will never be worth less than he is right now. And now is when you want to go and move him. And you're looking for somebody younger and better, basically. I mean, if you say you want a goal scorer, that that's, you know, it's not like you're trading a defenseman for a forward. You're trading a goal scorer, like I say, a goal scorer who's not scoring for somebody younger and better. You know what this makes me think of is it makes me think of, so the Vegas Golden Knights are the best team in the Western Conference. I don't know if they're the best team in the NHL. They might be, actually. I, I checked the Western Conference standings this morning, and people are just trying to figure out why. They're, how? How did these, like, how are all these guys, like William Carlson, you know, the I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. we, know, we know how they got the Florida guys, because Dale Talon just, you know, he just made a bunch of yeah. moves out of spite in the summer. But how are they so good? How did they pluck all these guys off of teams, except for, like, James Neal, I guess, who really weren't in the roles they are now, and now they're right. producing... And the answer is, I think pretty obviously, that general managers as a whole are, are, are idiots. They're stupid. They're not good at what they do. They just have these jobs because they played hockey 20 years ago, and now they're running teams and analyzing yeah. talent. And you, you're like, well, that's not true. And then I'm just like, look at Mark Bergevin. Like, he, he has no business being in charge of this team anymore. Like, he yes. has proven for, like, two or three years now that he is completely overmatched. Like, he went from trading Subban for Weber and loading up on you know, Dwight King type guys, big dudes who are going to muscle their way out of, and they lose by a goal to the Rangers in the playoffs in a six game series. And you're like, well, that didn't work. Time to get, oh, oh, we're going to trade our best prospect for, for Jonathan Joy. Right. Okay. Okay. Fine. Let's see how that works out. Okay. You want to trade our captain now for, what do you want to get? Oh, you want to get someone who's younger, cheaper, and better. <sighs> like, we're going to have to talk about your future here because I don't yeah. think it's going to work yet. Still, he's still pulling the trigger on deals. And this is how Seattle is going to be the second best team in the NHL in two years, because mm-hmm. they're going to pick apart all these other rosters with bad GMs. And that's how we get here. That's, that's I, how I can't here. remember who it was, but I saw someone on Twitter who was like, yeah, it's weird how only hiring X players and the children yeah. of former GMs <laughs> right. has not resulted in the absolute best and brightest minds <laughs> running all of these teams but, yeah no it's like but at the same that, at the that, same time though george mcphee is george mcphee i mean no one really thought george mcphee was a genius before no this year but he's going to win but, gm of the year this year yeah. he's going to get that that made up terrible award because that will be all the other gm's way of basically um, all right you, you got you, us we're not morons clearly the <laughs> yeah. only other option is you're a genius so therefore you you win. Oh God, it's it's so crazy. It's I can't so I can't wait for this trade to happen because you feel like there's this undercurrent, and again, it's the same as the Subban thing. Like Montreal seems like an organization. I don't know if it's a Bergevin thing or or where it comes from, or if it's the market or the media or whatever. They just decide that a guy has to go. They just like he smiled after they lost, or he did this or that, or he said this in an interview. He's got to go. We've got to flush him out and. They're willing to lose a trade to make it happen. Yeah, they have and to lose the trade. They can't. They're not going to win that trade. They have to. I, I, I would be. I, I think it's. I think it's tough to win a trade where you trade your captain, who's probably also your best value contract. I, I'm sure some GMs in this league could probably do it, but I, I'm not convinced that that Mark Bergevin is the guy, and especially since it doesn't sound like this is a case where it's like look, give me a first-round pick and a prospect and something like that, and some team that, you know, needs goal scoring for a playoff run is willing to bite the bullet. Like, he, he wants like he wants a deal that's going to make the team better. 
and younger. And, and the thing is, you know what? Think- hey, it worked. It worked for David Poyle on PK Subban, right? The whole younger, better, better contract thing. Well, that guy's pretty good. That, for guy's, him, that, guy's so. a, that guy's a Jedi. But like, no matter what, no matter what Bergeron trades for, let's say he trades for a defenseman. That's that's they they just had that. They had two of those, and they traded those guys for mm-hmm. stuff. What are you going to yeah. trade him for? I trade him for a goal scorer. Well, you just trade it for Jonathan Drouin. You have your goal scorer. What do you like? No matter what he acquires in the deal outside of like futures, like he he's 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 basically saying, hey, I, yeah, I, I've been screwing up for like two years. Sorry. Yeah, because and the other thing is, what they need is a number one center because they, for whatever reason, they don't seem to feel like Drouin can do it. They don't want to let Alex Galchenyuk do it. So they still need this number one center. So now, not only are you talking about getting someone younger and better, but somebody at a more important position. You know, you, like, you know, there's nobody's trading their first line center for Max Pacioretty at the absolute nadir of his value. Pax, I wouldn't pa- think Max Pacioretty for Matt Duchesne. Who says no? Ooh. Who says no? This is an Ottawa Senators podcast, so we got to mention Matt Duchesne a little. Yeah, bit. this is yeah, uh-huh. this is by. <laughs> We we need a sponsor for like our the terrible Atlantic Division team segment. <laughs> I don't know what oh, God. some some sort of yeah some sort of like septic pump uh, maker <laughs> needs to step up. Are you constipated? Well, why don't you try the Atlantic Division uh, laxative? <laughs> oh. Man. Well, well, we're we're at the midway point of the show, and uh, this is now the time in which we take a little break, so you can listen to some some advertising that's real quick and real real fast and real sharp, and then we'll come back, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about the boycott, the, the silly 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 boycott of the All Star Game that may happen but probably won't, and uh, I know there's something else in there we're going to discuss too, and we'll get to your questions, and we'll be back in like two seconds or maybe longer than that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Now, I don't really care about the All-Star game. I don't know about you. I mean, three on three makes it a little more interesting for, for 10 minutes. That's kind of fun, but... Year in and year out, whether it's an Olympic, if, if it's not an Olympic year, the best players always seem to have a groin, a knee, a back, a thing. Oh, I can't, oh, I can't make it. Or they'll just say, you know what? I'm sitting it out, and I'll I'll eat the one game suspension. So knowing that happens all the time, to hear about the All Star boycott rumor, where as a way of showing the NHL, hey, we're tired of you guys pulling the Olympics out from under us and using it as a negotiating chip. We're not going to show up to the All-Star game. I, again, I always sign with the players on everything, but I'm picturing that from the NHL's point of view where they're like, wait, hold on. So you're threatening to not go to the All-Star game, which you'd never go to anyway. Yeah. Okay. See ya. Fine. It, it, it wouldn't have any impact at all unless it was either A, like a ton of players. Oh, we have to be like, like I mean, there, there's a few guys every year 
But if it was, yeah, if, if like just top to bottom, all the best players didn't go, or if the players who didn't go said, this is what I'm doing. Like I'm not going because of, uh, because of the Olympics, because of whatever else. If, if, if it's just, oh, I've, yeah, right. I'm not healthy. You have to say and it. Like, you can't, you can't, you can't just, you can't just not right, go. Be, you can't just be like, well, my knee hurts. You have to be like, no, yeah. no. And you can understand why, right? Like, I mean, imagine if you had a job where you had like one long weekend off in like a three month stretch yeah. and then your job was like, we'd like you to come in and work that weekend, <laughs> because, but like we're going to so have good. pizza be- in the break room. Because, because yeah. you're so awesome. We're going to have pizza in the break room. So that, that should be, that should get you in. You'd be kind of like, yeah, you know what? I have a thing. So, so the the league has for years been doing this thing where if you miss the all-star game you and you don't miss one of the games on either side of the all-star game with your your real team then you're suspended for one game so in theory that could kick in here which is seems to be why the league isn't too like i mean if you're Sidney crosby you might be furious about the olympics but like you're you got the the penguins are right on the edge of the playoff race. So are you going to make a statement knowing that the league already has precedent to suspend you for the first game and the penguins go and lose that game and you miss the playoffs by one point? I don't know. Like this this feels to me like something that is like I feel like the protest here is them putting this story out right. there to get people talking about it before they don't do it. Because it's so that at least we I was going to say it's it's stupid because, like, what does the protest do? It's not going to get you to the Olympics. We all know you're pissed off about not going to the Olympics. Like, this doesn't show us anything new. It would just piss off fans because... But you know what? But Well, it would, but they're also, they're taking a page out of the NHL's book, which is the NHL has made it clear that absolutely everything is a fight. Absolutely everything is going to be a battle. They will not yield one inch that they don't have to yield they will they they are in this state of constant warfare against the nhlpa and you know in between the times that gary bettman shows up publicly and talks about a partnership and and all of this nonsense that nobody believes and this would kind of be the nhl P, well i don't know if it's pa or the players on their own like kind of punching back and saying all right if you're going to make if you're going to take absolutely every opportunity to get a shot in on us we're going to take a shot back at you and and see how you like it so that we're not always the ones playing defense and always the ones uh, trying to be the good guys here. So, you know, I I get the logic. And, you know, this came, a lot of this, if if people are hearing this and kind of wondering, like, what are they even talking about? Like, this was mentioned, Elliot Friedman mentioned it in his 31 Thoughts column this week. And and he, you know, he was clear that this was... um, you know, I, th- I think the word he used was rumblings. Like this, this isn't something that is happening. This isn't something that is uh, that that is definitely underway. Uh, and he said that you know he he mentioned he being Elliot mentioned the word boycott to an agent and was told that's that's too strong a word at at this point. But that there's there's a lot of bad feelings out there. And and like this, even if this comes to nothing, uh, I mean, at some point that you know the NHL's policy of just making everything as difficult as it can possibly be you know we're we got another lockout coming in through in two years now and you know when you see guys like like jack eichel like he was being asked about it and you could tell he was on like this this was his 
chance to, to, you know, he probably spent the last few years of, of his life and career thinking that, you know, I'm going to the Olympics in 2018. I'm going to make my, I'm going to get to play for, for team USA and it doesn't happen. And, and here's a guy who's brand new into the league, probably just starting to get his head around some of the, the, you know, the labor issues and, and putting some thought into that. This, this guy could be, you know, part of the next generation that kind of bridges the gap and, you know, moves us away from, from all this animosity. And instead the league takes the very first opportunity to screw him over, which leaves him with his first impression is, okay, these guys talk about being partners, but they clearly don't mean it. And it just, you know, it's, it's, it's all gonna, you know, we're going to wonder, we're going to sit here in a few, few years during the next lockout going, oh, why is there so much animosity? It's because there's like nobody and and nobody at the league level ever takes any opportunity on anything to extend any sort of hand and and make any sort of attempt to reach across the aisle. It's just everything has to be as painful as possible. And that's I mean, it's probably in a good negotiating strategy. Maybe it'll get them down to forty nine point five percent of hockey revenue instead of fifty. <laughs> but like at at what cost? Like how much damage are you are you just doing long term when these players are constantly being reminded that this league hates you and wants to make you miserable at any opportunity it can? How many players would have to boycott and say that they're boycotting? Ten? Like how many? Like I think it would have to be double digits for it to. Actually I, I feel matter. like a, I feel like a half dozen players saying they were boycotting would would yeah. do I, I think maybe even less even if it was three or four like like big names like if alexander ovechkin just to throw you know a name yeah, out there but and, he's and skipped in the past too guys. though like you, i think you need yeah. i think like i think you need one person to say this is the reason why but i think you need a lot yeah. more people to not show up i i feel like if, i feel like even three or four like star players because then it becomes then it's something you have to talk about then you 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 know even when when you're broadcasting the game you have to address why is alexander ovechkin not here why is Sidney crosby not here why is jack eichel not here whoever it is however it went and and Mm -hmm. you know obviously if if you get those guys doing it then that makes it easier for for others to to fall in and you know maybe at some point you know i i maybe pressure the league into not suspending guys although i can't imagine that happening i think the league would would probably dig in on that but um That'll yeah, be what I stops mean, it. Like the the one game suspension will be what stops it. Not because of one game is a huge yeah. thing, but it'll be the whole. Oh, you're gonna do this to your team. It's a little self. Like you you throw the word exactly, selfish yep. at hockey players and they they crumble, they fold. Yep. So no, that that'll be that'll be it. That'll be exactly it. And and so yeah, I I I'd be surprised if it if it went that far. But uh, uh, you know, like at the same time, like Elliot Friedman doesn't just throw stuff at the wall just to. He's a loose cannon. He's, he's, no, he's, 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 he's not. He's, there are guys not, out there that would probably run with something that had no basis just to, uh, you know, to, to, to soak up the attention for a few days. But Elliot, Elliot doesn't play it that way. So I, there, my guess is there's, my guess is there is something here. I just don't think it's going to amount to anything in the two or three weeks we have before the actual game. All right, here's some breaking news on, on the Biscuits podcast. The, the searching for Winter Classic ratings on Twitter for the past 20 minutes has paid off. Buffalo News has a story. It's about the local ratings in Buffalo. And in 2008, it's on the same channel, same time, it had a local rating of 38.2. 
in 2008. What do you think? What do you think the local rating, the preliminary rating, according to the Buffalo News, was for Rangers? Rangers versus okay. Sabers. Th- thirty-eight for the. It was thirty-eight two first... in two thousand eight against the Penguins. I see. I think. I mean, Buffalo is such a great Mario. I'm going to say. It, I don't think it'd be a huge. I'm going to say thirty-two. Twelve point four. Wow. I, I know. I know. That's insane. Monday's game from Seafield in the Borough of Queens in New York City had a preliminary twelve point four rating on WGRZ TV Channel Two, the local NBC affiliate. During game action, the rating peaked during overtime at fourteen point four. That does not bode well, well for the overall that overall situation. Does not because I mean that's that's a big chunk of the reason you put Buffalo in that game is right. because they're they're such a such a lock as a TV market. They're uh, they're, cho- they're, they're, uh, they're chalking it up to the the Bills uh, making the playoffs yeah. for the first time in seventeen years, and there being a sports hangover in town. I don't know if that's really a thing. Well, yeah, I mean, no nobody was. I mean, I I guess people weren't going into work on on Monday, anyways. But yeah, nobody was. Yeah sitting around a water cooler talking about the the winter classic that day but yeah i'm wow okay that's uh if that holds that's not good yeah bills dolphins that day the game that the bills needed to win had a 43.1 locally so i feel i feel like my, i feel like we're like mike and the mad dog right now doing tv ratings <laughs> dog what do you think the notre dame game did notre dame 5.5 so oh man that's that's not gonna be good that'll be that'll be for another podcast tomorrow when we'll we'll figure out the ratings i guess um, we still got some time here, and as as you pointed out before we came back from the from the break, uniforms are a visual thing. That's not necessarily a podcast thing, but uh, the NHL. I, I didn't know this vote was going on. By the way, for for a month, people flooded NHL.com with votes. They got six million votes on what the best uniforms were of all time, and I believe five through two were all logos and uniforms that don't exist anymore. It was the North yes. Stars. It was the Whalers, it was the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, and there was one other one that I'm blanking on that I should have probably had this in front of me. But number one, of course, was the Blackhawks, which is a, you know, moderately moderately racist logo, but I, I, I didn't vote I didn't vote on it, so I, I, I don't know. It's, the, the red colors are nice, I guess. But I, I, had, I had heard about this, and I almost immediately kind of blanked it out of my mind, because I'm like, it's just going to be all the, mo- it's going to be... yeah. All the modern uniforms, and it's going to be and and the original six, right? Like that, these sacred Detroit, uniforms, Montreal, and, and it'll be yeah. whoever has the biggest fan base. Like they'll they'll be the ones, and and you know the Blackhawks finishing first kind of checks all of those boxes. But the Blackhawks uniforms are great uniforms, and they haven't changed significantly in you know, fifty or sixty years. So I, I I don't mind that, but I love the rest of it. Like I I love that the Whalers came in number two. Uh, you know, I love that the the Nordiques and North Stars and the old Sabers, um, and like the old Oilers, and it like it's it's it reads like I mean it's obviously there's a lot of nostalgia and everything kicking in here, but it it very much reads as a rejection of kind of modern uh, NHL marketing and uh, um, but I you know I like I I didn't I'm not crazy about the the you know I was never a huge fan of the the Mighty Ducks but. Yeah, you know, I, I get why there's there's a whole generation of people who probably grew up with that you don't, logo. You don't like now. that logo? I oh you know, get the hell off my podcast, sir. You are fired. That's a but that's weirdly a, enough, I do like I, I I always did like the sharks, the old uh, the old sharks teal, and they're they're up there. They're number eleven. They're ahead of the Maple Leafs, which is the Maple Leafs got like their uniforms from the forties and fifties, and uh, not not the modern day ones. So it's you know the Jets are on there, the old Flames. Uh, 
the Sabres. The Sabres were the yeah, highest get, modern one besides Chicago. Sabres have good colors. Sabres yeah. out. Sabres Winter Classic uniforms are great. Yeah, yeah, they're they're good. Like Detroit's up there. That's that's fine. Uh, the the one weird one was like the old school Kings, like the old uh, like seventies LA Kings. That's the part that makes me wonder, like how much how much fan trolling there were. Like if if we had, yeah, I know. Like if there was a John Scott in this vote, it was the <laughs> LA King Bruce Banana thing. But uh, yeah, like the like the uh, the old Kings. I I'm surprised they weren't a little bit higher. Like the black and silver Wayne Gretzky era. Yeah, uh, those those, are, those okay. are cool. I like those. So yeah, it, I, you know, we we've kind of. I'm guessing this is the last of the NHL 100 surveys and rankings and all of that, and we've sort of kind of been up and down on on what they've done so far. But I actually like this list. I like. I was pleasantly surprised by uh, uh, by how this played out. Would it, would it kill the NHL to just let us know how many votes? people got for the all-star game how many votes the uniforms got what? just yeah why do we not do why that anymore they, why are they doing that for the all-star game that's the thing i can't oh, I understand know. like they've I mean, taken that away and i know like like wish has been on that as as you know something that doesn't make much sense and I've, people have been like well it's a john scott thing but what does john scott have to do with it like is it is it just in case you have to like fix the numbers you don't want to make it too obvious yeah like, probably it's it like you know because we're like i think um like we're recording this Wednesday afternoon. I, I think Wednesday evening they're going to unveil the captains, which I don't think is much suspense because it's been the same guys leading every week. But like, is it is it close? Like Kucherov and Stamkos are one two in the Atlantic. Are they going like are they neck and neck? Is this you know should I be interested in this or is it the, you know <laughs> I don't know. Like that's the NHL's lo- that's like the NHL's motto when they have a big event. Should I be interested sure. in this? Yeah, and the NHL is like no. Don't no, don't worry. We're gonna keep it. It's, uh, it was almost like the NHL got halfway into the season, and they're like, "Wait a second, where teams are starting to like teams are are starting to release contract details. We had a conditional trade trade a draft pick, and we actually told people what the conditions were. Like, we haven't been withholding important information from our fans for no reason other than spite. So this was an opportunity to to do it." I guess that's the only thing I can come up with because it doesn't. Uh, God bless the NHL. Like if there's no benefit <laughs> and only a downside to making a decision, the NHL is right there for you. Maybe the numbers are low and they're embarrassing for the league. Maybe but that's the, it. the numbers are never low because they're always like, "Oh, this guy got a million votes," and you're like, "Wow!" But you get to vote ten times a day or whatever. So it is harder to vote now though because of that weird system it, they have where they give you the three or two guys to pick from, and if the, if your guy's not there, you have to go search for. It's kind of I don't know. I, yeah. I'm, I have no idea. I have no idea why they would do it this way. Yeah, well, no I mean, sense. I guess that's the like that part is the John Scott effect, right? Where they don't want yeah. people you know doing going off the board on that but i don't know i like just give us the number like it's it's standard stuff it's like the if they all they're showing us is the top five too that's the other thing right so we don't even you can't even look and be like oh my guy yeah six let's get you know let's get some buzz behind that i don't who are the captains now right it's crosby it's crosby stamkos suban and mcdavid right those are the four guys I don't. I don't even know if it is Crosby. I think it might be Ovechkin. But uh, oh right, yeah, it is Ovechkin. It is Ovechkin. Yeah, because like I remember thinking I saw those four guys, and maybe they're, they're not the best guys in each conference or each division or whatever. But I think they this first time I can remember in a very long time at the All Star Game where all the captains 
are both good and they have personality. So they 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 might actually make it worth the whole, you know, rigging the vote thing. So it's only certain guys because Ovechkin, you know, Stamkos doesn't care anymore. Stamkos is he's swearing in scrums now. It's great. Yeah, uh, McDavid. So it is. Uh, but Subban, of course, M- is great. McDavid actually is more than you think. Like I've he's I've seen him do some stuff where he's got potential. I and especially I think if if he can just forget for a few minutes that he plays for the Oilers, like there's <laughs> like that comes out, and then like you see the cloud come back come back onto him, and then yeah, Sub- Subban is uh, yeah. So it is yeah. Stamkos is leading right now. It was Stamkos and so again, it'd be cool to know if how close that race is, but I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess we don't need that information. No, why would you? That's a good point, though. I never really thought about that. Is like if you're a fan of a team, you know, I don't have the top five in front of me, but if it's you know, it's Kucherov and it's Stamkos, and then it's like Pacioretty, Price, and one other guy, and you're a fan of the Bruins, and you want to see where Patrice Bergeron is, like you want to go, yeah. you want to go, even if he's like fifteenth, you want to see that and get mad about it or feel good about it because he got the votes. Like right. that's a big part of All Star voting. And, I don't know, man. This league, it just, it just, it loves shooting itself in the foot. Like this league has no more feet. It's now shooting itself in the shins. That's how far, that's how long this go. This has been going on for. It's, it's so, yeah. I'm not even a fan of, I'm not even a fan no, of these I teams. was just, I was just looking at the email because the email has the top fives, but then it says click here for the leaderboard. And I was like, okay, maybe they actually have the, uh, you know, more listed on the website. No, the leaderboard is just the top five over again so with no 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 numbers numbers, no nothing in fact it doesn't even yeah it's i don't know i don't i don't understand like i i I get that the the whole john scott experience scarred the league permanently but then they didn't change anything like they didn't really i don't know maybe did i ever tell you have i given you my idea for what what they should do for the the all-star voting i i I feel like we may have talked about this but but Give, give it to me again. I know we have millions of new listeners this year. <laughs> now that we've, once we change the focus of the podcast to, to being like 80% Ottawa Senators talk, we really yeah. tapped into <laughs> to something out there in the in the zeitgeist. So I, here's here's what I do. You, you have, do your ballot the way you, you used to. The way, like when you and I grew up, you had the ballot was like, it was one player from each team per position. And that's who you had to choose from. Like you didn't, you know, you didn't have access to vote for absolutely anybody. Go ahead and pick your list of guys that you think are qualified to be all-stars. Uh, however many that is, put that ballot out there. That's your real ballot. But then what you do is you each team. So each of the four divisions gets one spot and you call it, you know, call it the unsung hero or whatever you want. And every team gets to nominate one guy for that spot so you know maybe it's the maybe it's the veteran in his last year maybe it's the backup goalie maybe it's the you know the enforcer whoever they want to pick and the team votes like literally the guys in the dressing room vote on who they want to nominate wait which wait which guy oh the guys in the in the team locker room yeah okay for their own team Mm -hmm. so you know the maple leafs get together and they decide you know what we want Matt Martin. Matt Martin to be our nominee because, you know, he's the onset, whatever. Okay. And then you put those guys out there and then the fans can vote on those guys. So one guy from each team, the fans vote. You can put the teams can do little fun little social media campaigns, uh, vote for whoever. And that way every team gets its own kind of John Scott story 
but it's still done in like a league mandated way where it's not the fans taking over and saying, screw you, we hate the All-Star game and we're trying to ruin it, <laughs> which was the whole point behind John Scott until it got like retconned into this tribute to a beloved yeah, veteran that, nobody that, likes. that it never was at all. <laughs> uh, he's so a, that, now he's got a movie coming out about him. <laughs> what, uh, have, what, have, what have we done? No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Tell, tell me. Tell yeah, me so I, I, to me, like that's the sort of thing... But wait, like the but wait, could what, have one one guy total the in the All Star game out of the one guy 31? for each team. Okay, one guy for each team. Oh, like one so, guy for each division. Okay, and okay. so you do it like you'd you'd close the voting, and then like for like the week before the All Star game, you're we're having the unsung hero vote, and here's your ballot, and uh, everybody can vote for each. Okay, and then you get these great stories. Like it would kind of be like you remember back in the day they used to have the commissioner pick or the president's picks for the All Star game, where like Brad Marsh would get picked to go play in the All Star game because he was Brad Marsh and it was. At the end of his career, and everybody liked him, and so let's give him a shot to do it. And it was it was fine. Like it was it was kind of fun to see that. And you know, and and the other thing is, it would be it would be nice stories, but it would be there before them, so it wouldn't overwhelm everything. Right. It wouldn't be like Matt Martin's at the All Star game. We have to, and and all the players have to like pass to him constantly because you know <laughs> you got to make sure he gets his goals. And it, it would be. You know, it, it it just seems like a kind of fun way to market it. Um, but, you know, it's the NHL. Instead, they decided to A, do nothing, and then make a change that didn't, that addressed the issue, but created like five new issues in its place. Here's, here's what I think of your idea. I think it's great. I think it's smart. I think it's well thought out. I think fans would dig it. It would add an element to the buzz or the excitement leading up to it. And it'll never happen, ever, ever. So there you go. People say we're never positive about anything. Mm. You just heard Dave. Look at that. Unabashedly positive about a fictional hypothetical thing that the NHL did in the alternate universe where they actually cared about the fans and putting a good product out there. All right. Well, we got like about five, ten minutes left here and, and we request the questions. We love to get to them almost every week. And so I'm going to read you the first one because I don't understand it. And I think you might. Okay. It, it, you're CC'd on it. So you probably saw it. It's oh, good. From, it's from Phil Gerard, And it says, will you admit that the horn of doom is fake and some kind of bet between you two? What is the horn of this doom? Is, what is the that? horn of doom? This is the, uh, the concept of when uh, a goal is scored during play that isn't counted as a goal and the play continues and the NHL can like buzz in and (laughs) blow a horn, like literally a horn sounds to stop the game because they don't want the play to continue for three or four minutes. And last night in the game between the lightning and the Leafs, we almost got the dream scenario where the lightning scored a goal. It got missed. Play went up the other end and William Nylander almost scored for the Maple Leafs. So we almost got the situation where the Leafs are celebrating a goal and then the horn of doom not only do they not get the goal but <laughs> the the other team gets one and that that's like in a way i i don't like the horn of doom because i've always kind of i want them to play for like seven more minutes just back and forth end to end because as soon as the goal is scored like that's it nothing that comes after happens nothing matters nothing counts and i want to see them have to redo like an entire period because because somebody snuck one by but they they don't do that but uh, but, but i there's a part of me that loves the idea that it, an NHL referee, like you make a mistake at your job and your supervisors blow a horn 
in front of everybody and like make you come and get on the phone to be told what you did wrong. And then you have to go and announce your mistake to everybody on a, on a microphone that, that only half works. So yeah, this is the, I'm, I'm on board with the horn of doom and it's, it's, I think it's happened a few times in the last week. It used to be pretty, pretty rare. It happened in the Stanley cup final at one point. So yeah, that's, that's what that person is referring to. But uh... if you're, if you just watch your own local team, there's a good chance you've never seen it actually happen and you think i'm i'm making this whole thing up oh no i thought everybody knew about the horn see it said horn of doom and i was picturing like a literal horn coming out of someone's head and i'm like what what what, what did we talk about on the podcast that had to do with that now i, I would like to I, I mean i think it should be like a literal like a great big horn that like the timekeeper has to get on and <laughs> and blow but uh yeah for for now yeah no that's okay that's i i feel like a lot of people saw it for the first time in the cup final when it when it happened, I, I know there were a lot of people who were like, "What? What just? What just happened?" And that—that's that, a rule they've only—it's only been in for a couple of years. But uh, yeah, I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm still hoping that the Leafs were almost quick enough to get down and score before they could, before they could blow the horn. But sadly, it was not to be. Matthew McKenna wants to know: If you're at a dream buffet and it's got everything you can possibly think of, all your favorite foods—he spells favorite with a U, so he's one of your people. Wings, nachos, steaks, ribs, everything. Anything you could possibly want at this buffet, what's the first thing you're putting on your plate? Okay, so this is clearly Matthew attempting to get us to fight. <laughs> he said wings. Because he mentions wings yeah, as, as the first thing. I mean, that's this is a transparent, like, Matthew is the bratty kid who's trying to drive a wedge between mommy and daddy and, and, <laughs> and, and bring up the fact that I understand that chicken wings are awesome and you mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. Uh, you were i don't know dropped as a child or something and you <laughs> lost the ability to uh if i if if so i'm not i'm not taking the bait on that one but i'm gonna dream yeah you know what i'm not i'm not doing steaks because i can i can make a steak that's like 60 percent as good as a good steak but it's a buffet steak you wouldn't want a buffet steak yeah even a, like a buffet steak you yeah. wouldn't want but I like wings. I can't do, and and the the big one for me is ribs. I've never been able to get even close to edible ribs. Like even what? Oh, you mean making them yourself? Yeah, making oh, them. like oh, you know, okay. like make. I, I haven't been able to to get to make ribs that are as good as like you just go to like a restaurant and you order ribs. Let alone like actual like barbecue ribs, like done by somebody who really knows what they're doing. So that's probably what I would pile. I I go. I go ribs and wings and uh, and I think because the rest of it I can do. I want something. I want, I'm going to stuff my face with stuff that I can't actually go home and stuff my face with hmm. later in shame in the middle of the night. See, I would pick. See, like when I think of a buffet, I don't really think of like dinner foods and stuff like that. Like I think of breakfast and I love just heaping, heaping the scrambled eggs on the plate and then throwing some Tabasco on there. And then, you know, two hours later on the car ride home, destroying everyone in the car with my eggs and my Tabasco farts. That's that's pretty, that's pretty good. And yeah. just like an, an, un, I was going to say an unhealthy, but that's not, like an unnatural amount of bacon. Is yes. is the other key there? Yeah, uh, but yeah, but bacon at a buffet is usually all like soggy, and I, I like my bacon crispy. Yeah. And you don't really get crispy bacon at a buffet, so that's yeah. No, uh, that is you, you gotta you sort of and and the the there's a vacation spot that my me and my family go to every summer, and it has a like a breakfast buffet, and it's number one. They don't have bacon every day at the breakfast buffet. 
which should be illegal. Yeah. They alternate between the bacon and sausage, which I'm sorry. Mm-mm. No. Is, yeah, that's inexcusable. But the other thing is they've got everything. It's a buffet, so you're just scooping everything up for yourself, but they have a person stationed behind the bacon, and they have a little glass wall in front of the bacon, and they ration out the bacon. So you put your plate there, and they put two strips of bacon and tell you to move on. And, like, when, when that first happened, we, we were thrown off. We are like, oh, I guess you only get two strips of bacon. Whereas now we've been there enough where we just, like, it just becomes a stare down. It's like, no. <laughs> like, keep, like, they put two pieces of bacon on it, and you just stare at them. And eventually they put two more, and you just, like, keep it, like, keep going, man. I gave you an empty plate. Let's fill that thing up. And <laughs> I can still see porcelain, but put some more bacon yeah. on there. <laughs> let's, let's go, man. I don't, uh, yeah. I, 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 I got, the, I need two days worth of bacon because of your ridiculous policy all right let's do one more and then get the heck out of here uh adam knight this is a good question i've thought about this a lot uh he asked should we be worried about the trend of players going down with blood clots are they pointing to a greater prevalence of performance enhancing substances it seems a little shady it does it does it does because I, i i mean i'm not tracking blood clotting stuff in all the other sports but it feels like it happens more in hockey than it does in any other sport but the one thing i will say though is it could be that for sure, but blood clots happen sometimes because of like impact injuries. And if you get hit a lot and if you get hit with pucks, like that can cause issues that lead to blood clots too. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I lean, I, I sort of lean towards the shady side of it where I do feel like it's kind of interesting that like, 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 I don't know, like I, I, I don't, like, I have no proof that Pascal Dupuis was on HGH, but like, it does seem weird to me that like a lot of guys are coming down with this in hockey. But then again, like Pascal Dupuis blocks a lot of shots. Maybe he has something genetic that causes it. I have no idea, but I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to, I'd love to read something on it. Like I'd love to see some, some reports. I, on I, it, I seem no, to remember, I, I can't I, remember who I, it was. Somebody, I remember reading about somebody when they were diagnosed with clots and, and reading something that explained that there were like different types of blood clots and that the type that they had wasn't the same as the type you would expect to see if somebody was using performance enhancing enhancing drugs and so there may be a distinction there that that somebody like me isn't going to understand i i mean i'm absolutely convinced there is no question at all that there is far more performance enhancing drug use in the nhl than than we're led to believe because we're led to believe there's virtually none like one guy fails a test every 3 years there there's no way that performance enhancing drugs are rampant in baseball but not in hockey which we're constantly told is the toughest sport uh you know that that, that's even imaginable and the biggest grind and the just the longest most most brutal season that you know fat relief pitchers in baseball are are using stuff to recover quickly but hockey players aren't so i i'd you know at some point we're going to find out that there was a lot more of this going on than we thought. But when it comes to the blood clots, I also wonder if this is kind of like people who say like, how come today's players get so many more concussions than they did 30 years ago? And it's like, well, because 30 years ago, we didn't diagnose concussions. And I wonder if this is a situation where like this, this feels like it's much more common because they've only started catching them recently and maybe there were players 20 years ago who just played their whole careers and were risking their lives and we just didn't know it because it we didn't end up getting getting a tragedy out of it but it was it was more common than we thought 
Sean, that's that's one of the most comprehensive and complete answers I've ever heard to to the blood clot question, and I'm glad you set everybody straight. But uh, that's all the time we got. We got to get the heck out of here. Uh, go to Twitter and get on the Vice Biscuits there because that's where we post it and then we retweet it. So if you miss it on our feeds that feature a lot of Toronto Maple Leafs complaining and and uh, friends in the Dark Knight diagnosis, uh, you can just get it there. And uh, that's 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 all I got to say on my end. That covers it. I think uh, I think we're good. Uh, check out our stuff. I got a piece up on Sportsnet uh, on uh, ten cases in which elite defensemen were traded in their prime. Uh, and as as with anything that I write, where I list ten things, the list is is intended to be comprehensive and exhaustive. And if your favorite player is not on the list, it's because I hate them, and I hate you. And you should you should go on Twitter and and complain to me about it. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.